0: Good evening, everyone, as we meet here this evening across the city, there is a lot of uh, preparation by the world in the sports field and so on. But as we meet here tonight, I am very happy, very glad that we can gather together to share in the goodness of God. And for those that are sharing online, May your hearts be really touched as we worship and uh, pay attention to what God will provide for us. We thank God that we trust his word, more than just trust his word, but we can see how he has led and will continue to lead. Recently, a few days ago, uh, one of our brothers in the fellowship that I have known for over 40 plus years. He has uh, passed away, but we realize that we have a lively hope, a hope that make it not ashamed. And we all look forward to meeting with him when the Lord returns again to receive his very own. We want to remember those that are not well in their body. Sister Monica is not so well tonight and there are many others so let's all join together as we remember the men of God the assemblies that are holding forth the word of life at this time.
1: We're all singing sincerely from our hearts tonight. praise the Lord. I always like to uh, make mention about the songs that we're singing because it is so important uh, for us not to sing only with the um, with the words and the melody but with the understanding thereof. A song like this one we were just singing It's telling us that we must come to the place of being willing to make changes in our lives. As we are heading towards Easter weekend, we have been talking about um, matters of the heart. We've been dealing with areas of the scripture that examines our hearts. And so these are important things that we must bear in mind uh, Paul, in writing to the Church of Corinth, uh, the very last epistle of Paul to the Corinth, Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, uh, these letters that Paul wrote, actually, if I can make a proper conclusion, and uh, as he's writing these letters to the Church of Corinth, uh, he's make a, making a very strong plea to the saints in Corinth uh, for them to, to serve the Lord, for them to accept Him as an apostle. It is important that we understand these things. Uh, if, you, the, if you cannot accept the preacher or the minister for what he really is, if you think the preacher is a scallywag, then his message to you will be the message of a scallywag. If you feel the preacher is just a playboy in the pulpit, then the message would that be just that simple playboy in the pulpit. If you feel the preacher was sent of God, uh, then you might open your hearts a little more and receive the message as not only the message of a man, but, as the Word of God being preached unto you, it is important that we understand who the minister or the apostle is at that particular time. Uh, we look at some of these areas tonight. Um, I'll take my time and help us to understand that um, what we say hindsight is twenty twenty vision. Now, when I say hindsight is twenty twenty vision, so hindsight means looking back at the past, it can give you a better perspective how to, as to how to conduct yourself in your present day and age. Understand these things? All right, and so when Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, uh, in 2 Corinthians, uh, he makes a statement like this, and we have been looking at 1 Corinthians Uh, The scripture that says, let a man examine himself. And so, we are trying to examine our lives today. And um, I'm coming back to the hindsight little concept in a minute. But here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the last chapter of 2 Corinthians and verse 5, Paul makes this statement, he says, examine yourselves. Uh, This is his final plea to the church at Corinth. Of course, this church uh, that Paul taught everything they knew about God from the very inception, Uh, he taught them everything they needed to know about God. But you find that the the devil, uh, his responsibility is to undermine your faith, and he cannot undermine your faith if your mind is spiritual. If your mind is spiritual and you pray and you have a good relationship with God and your mind is not carnal, the devil has nothing to work with. Uh, When the devil comes to you and your mind is carnal, that gives him materials to work with. If you don't pray, you become a, a candidate for satanic attack. If you don't uh, draw close to God, if you just gallivant and you don't have time to put your mind on God, my preaching to you will touch carnal minds. And while I'm talking to you, the devil would send you on a mental vacation. You will be there sitting in the church, but you're not there because your mind is carnal and it's gone on its own little trick. Uh, To get the benefit of a service, you must come on in and get your minds ready to receive a spiritual blessing. A carnal mind cannot receive spiritual things. And so the church at Corinth was carnal Corinth. Uh, It had left the foundation that Paul had planted it on and had pursued a different foundation. Um, I've got my finger in for Second Corinthians chapter uh, uh, thirteen, and I'm backing up here to First Corinthians chapter uh, chapter three. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth in chapter three, uh, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. He's trying to save this church uh, because it was moving away from the simplicity of the gospel. And it was in cooperating now complex concepts of God, in other words, faith was being replaced by education, and illumination was lost, illumination of the heart was lost because all it was coming in was carnal concepts and carnal carnal mindset and uh, here in chapter uh, chapter uh, chapter two, first Corinthians chapter two. Uh, Paul writes like this. He says, Brethren, when I came to you, I came not with the excellency of speech. He says, I didn't come here to give you a good talk, you know, big words and fancy language. I often tell individuals, when you get up to preach, if I need to take a dictionary to understand what you're preaching, quit preaching and go find another job. If you're writing, and I tell Brother Joe and anyone else that's writing, If you're writing, and you're not writing for me to comprehend, but you're writing to create an impression for yourself, then you're missing the whole point in presenting the simplicity of Christ. Write from your heart and with simplicity so the people that are reading, you're not writing for yourself or you're preaching for yourself, you're preaching for the people that are listening to you. And so make it simple so they can comprehend The bottom line is you want people to be saved. And how can they be saved if they don't hear the simple understand, get a simple understanding of the gospel? And I sometimes I commend organizations. And tonight I commend the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Not that I believe in what they're doing. Uh, They have a lot of things that I don't agree with. But uh, I commend them for the way they present the Awake magazine Uh, It's a simplicity that a a fifth grade child can pick up and start to read And understand, they have another magazine called The Watchtower Which is more on on an intellectual level, higher category, deals with prophecies and uh, things like that But they write a simple gospel Uh, They present a gospel that is simple And so you need to follow Jesus' example. Uh, When Jesus got up to preach, uh, sometimes he would sit and teach the multitude. And he would tell them, blessed are your ears for they hear. Uh, You know, simple things he would tell them. And when he wanted just his disciples to understand, he'd give them a little story. And I love stories. Now, to understand me, you'll have to understand many of the stories I tell. I've got a lot of stories I tell to illustrate the gospel I preach. And someone says, you don't need to tell people stories. Well, that's me. I tell stories. Jesus loved to tell stories. He called his parables. I tell stories and I hope that they will have a parabolic interpretation to the ones that are listening to me. And so when Paul is writing here, he says, I came not with the excellency of speech uh, but, uh, or of wisdom, that is, earthly wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God or the mysteries of God. He says, um, uh, verse 3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words, of man's wisdom or just plain old nice, uh, large vocabulary. No, the gospel must be simple. He says, I didn't, you mean Paul did not have better vocabulary? Listen, he was a man trained at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the renowned teachers of his time. Paul could have gotten there and preached a very complicated um, form of gospel, but he chose to change his method of preaching And came with a simplicity to present the gospel. And so, when he presented the gospel, he says, Not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. And it is important for every preacher not to just preach an educated gospel. But before you preach, make sure that day you spend time with God. Because your words must have life. And it must have spirit I'm not talking emotionalism I'm speaking of words that will have life And have spirit When I have to fret myself in the pulpit I didn't pray When you don't pray, you need to fret yourself And see if you can stir up the people And you need to scream and shout But when you pray, you have to be like Jesus uh, don't turn with me, but I'll turn and talk a little bit about how Jesus, his method He said here in Matthew uh, chapter 5 He said, uh, he's, and it says, and seeing the multitude, he went up to the mountain And when he was set, he sat down to talk And uh, he was a very simple individual And as we take on his spirit, we become simple But Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer And so, because he spent a lot of time praying He said, the words I speak unto you, they're spirit And they are life It was not just an educated talk he was sharing It was a spirited influence uh, message or sermon that he was presenting And he says here, when he was sat down, he opened his mouth And taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, if he sat down in a Pentecostal church and spoke these words, individuals in that church would say, he ain't got the spirit. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. And I'm thinking of Jesus preaching. Uh, He was talking. He was not shouting. He was not screaming. He was just simple Jesus. But his words were anointed. Because he spent time to wait on God. And so his words would reach down beyond your ears And beyond your uh, natural human understanding And go right down into your heart I can present a beautiful lesson Carnally That educated people are really impressed With my vocabulary and my diction And the way I present it But it does not save a soul Because it does not reach on him To what it's supposed to do you see, the word of God should be quick, alive, and powerful And sharper than any two-edged sword And when it reaches into that soul It reaches in to save a soul right down to your spirit And to your bones and to your marrow That's what this, uh, Paul writes when he wrote to the Hebrews And so here, we're back here in Corinthians uh, Paul writes and he says here he says in chapter 3, when he's talking to the church at uh, Corinth, he's writing to the church at Corinth. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. He says, when I came to, when I'm writing to you, I can't write unto you like if you're spiritual. He says, you're a bunch of carnal people. Now, they were not always carnal when he started the church. They were spiritual. But you find as the church exists for a while, uh, the spirit of God is gone Like when you look at the work of God From Malachi When Malachi was the last prophet In the Old Testament And when he preached to the people And they had no reverence for God They're like I, our kind of church today uh, In Malachi And I'm leaving Corinthians again I'm coming back uh, to Corinthians I'm going all the way back to The last book uh, The last The um, uh, last A a book in in the Old Testament It's the book of Malachi And uh, he uh, Malachi is According to our Bible He's the last prophet In the Old Testament Uh, We're not dealing with the Maccabees And all this kinds of stuff And so when Malachi writes here In chapter 1 and verse 6 He says a son Normal human being A son uh, Ordinary human son Honor it his father, and a servant he honors his master. Uh, like some of us, Father's Day is going to come up, and Mother's Day is going to come up. And we like to buy cards and, you know, that kind of stuff for our parents. And we honor the natural father. And God says even the servant honor it, his master. Every one of you that have a secular job, uh, your commitment and dedication to the secular job, uh, is uh, com- is it comparative to your dedication and uh, commitment to the, the God of Heaven, uh, this great God? Uh, is your boss and job having a greater authority and influence in your life, and get you more dedicated to what he wants you to do than you are to the to serving God? Uh, well, this is what Malachi is saying. The reason why God stopped sending prophets is the people did not deserve a prophet. Malachi reminds me of our day that we are living in And he goes on here, he says, Son, honor it is father, and the servant is master If had I then be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord uh, of hosts He says unto you, O priests And the problem here is the preachers The ministers in the days of Malachi Were starting to go blind Understood the prophecy, they, understood, they could repeat the entire uh, book of uh, Isaiah or Jeremiah But they were spiritually going blind Because what you say is not as important as how you respond to the work of God and to God You see, I can come here on a Sunday and listen to a lot of shouting and screaming and, and worship and that but when I look at your dedication, and commitment, and your relationship that you have with me If you honor your boss in a greater manner than you honor the preacher Then you have probably already gone spiritually blind, and don't understand it And so the Lord says, He says, O you priests that despise my name And you say, and they said, we don't know what you're talking about Where have we despised your name? We really don't know what's wrong with you, brother Malachi What's wrong with you? Well, if you go blind, you can't see I never stand here in in a carnal way and try to preach the gospel When I make a statement from this pulpit Here to sit down and pray that God give you an understanding That you'll understand what I'm saying Because God's word is always valid Don't question it And then he goes on here, he says And the priest says we don't know what you're talking about and the lord said you offer polluted bread the kind of stuff you bring to god you think god that's make you wonderful he says you offered polluted bread upon mine altar and you say wherein have we polluted thee he says you're bringing a polluted you see when your commitment and your sacrifices Are not reaching up to the standard that God wants God likes to be on the highest pedestal in your individual lives He wants to be the most uh, important You must love the Lord with all your heart And all your soul and all your might When the scripture makes a statement and so we're playing with words when the scripture says he that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me It doesn't mean you can't love your father and mother But God must be loved more than your father and mother More than your husband or your wife And I could be a dictator, a little Mussolini or Adolf Hitler And, and try to dictate and says jump and then you jump But you're jumping on the outside, you're sitting on the inside. No, I prefer to preach the gospel in a simple way. And I might not force you to do anything against your will. But uh, when I make a statement and I uh, preach the gospel to you, it's up to you to fall on the rock. You're not falling on the rock uh, because brothers sing tell you to fall on the rock. You're falling on the rock because the word of God tells you to do that. You put God on the highest pedestal because the word of God tells you to do that. Because in your heart, you're loving God. Okay? He that hated, he that um, hated not his father and mother uh, is not worthy of me, Jesus says. He doesn't mean hate. It means love less than you love God. That's what it means. Uh, A man's enemy will be there of his own household. And the scripture says, love your enemies. The Bible can get get a little complicated in some of these areas. Just follow me here tonight And he goes on, he says If you offer the blind, he said, verse 8 He says, if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If you offer the, the lame and the sick, is it not evil? He says, take it to your boss Dedicate your dedication to the church Do the same to the boss and the job And see what you get I'm preaching, I'm just using the Bible Hindsight, we're dealing hindsight here And when you really look at it We're trying to find out why God stopped sending preachers and he didn't stop sending preachers, he stopped sending anointed God-called preachers He sent them scallywags after that uh, So they can dance to the music of the people The preachers dance to the music of the people And then he goes on to say here He says, um, he says verse, uh, verse 13 in chapter 1 He says, Behold, what a weariness it is. You say, you said also, Behold, what a weariness is it. My God, I'm so tired. I can't come to church. Tell your boss that and stay home. You understand, we're preparing for communion. And tonight we're just examining our dedication. Are you dedicated to the church? Are you dedicated to God? We're looking at Israel here, hindsight. And see what happened to them in the past that caused the Lord to stop sending prophets for almost 500 years from Malachi to Matthew Did religion continue? Yes it did It's it's not that God stopped sending, uh, it's it's not that Israel stopped having preachers, God stopped sending And 99% of the preachers in the world may not be sent of God There's one among a thousand years ago. I wonder one among how many thousands, a thousand today. And so if God selects what he wants to send, some men are man-made. Some men are organization, uh, products of organizations. Some people, their mama want them to preach. Some people just have an ambition to preach. And that is why Paul said to Timothy, he says, Ordain not a novice, lest he being lifted up with pride Will fall into the condemnation of the devil I would like before communion comes along to show you How many areas in our lives we can be drinking the cup of the devil And don't realize it It's not like the devil got a cup and you know, you look at it And it's got, you know, worms hanging out Oh no, his cup is delicious it's what most people today would like to partake of. And so the Lord said here, He says, but cursed be, verse 14, cursed be the deceiver which had in his flock a male. You got when you did, when the Lord looking back, back there, they did, uh, you know, normal flocks. And you have cattle and all of that And that's what you bring as an offering to God He says, cursed be the man Or the deceiver Which hath in his flock a male And voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord A corrupt You look among your crop You look in your crop uh, You look among your your cattle or your sheep Or whatever you got And you take the crooked one The one that's mangy And you bring it and give it to God God says, you're cursed you see, very simple, the reason why we get judged And the reason why uh, we suffer consequences in life Is because God has cursed us And I'm, I'm dealing with that tonight very lightly Because I want to show you how inside this 2020 vision If he did that to Israel, how much more you and I today? Alright, and he goes on, he says, curse it I'm reading that again, verse 14, beautiful verse Cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male and vow it and sacrifice it unto the Lord, a corrupt thing. He says, For I am a great king. I am a great king. He didn't say, I am a voodoo priest. He didn't say, I am a pagan uh, priest. He says, I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts. And my name is dreadful among the heathen. And sometimes the heathen have greater respect for the things of God than the child of God. You know, today, uh, Chandri and I, we were looking at two Muslim ladies. And I'm looking at two Muslim ladies and they were covered. You know, they wear the hijab. And I'm, I never really paid attention in details. Today I did. They wear the hijab, and that's not only covering on top, they cover their neck The hijab covers their neck, you don't even see their neck And a Muslim believes in his religion more sincerely than the majority of Christians believes in theirs No matter how the weather is hot, the Muslim covers herself and goes out there and face the heat but she, she wants you to know that she's a Muslim Allah be great But you and I, as soon as the weather warms up, the Christian walks half naked Because we treat God like He is a dirty old dog somewhere And he's not a great king And if the heathen have greater respect for God than the children of God do you have a reason to complain about why we are not being blessed and why healings are not taking place and people are not really filled with the genuine Holy Ghost? See, this this, this is just a part of what's going on. And then he goes on further on and there's so many things. Uh, the Lord said here uh, to Israel, he said, the law of truth, verse... Um, Uh, The Lord said in chapter 2, verse 1, O you priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to your heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. Question, is your blessing cursed? And you know, some of us, That we're doing wrong, and we're not dedicated to God And we still look like we're prospering Maybe God has given you over to become a reprobate Um, Hold your finger in Malachi I got your finger all over the place But you see, as these scriptures are coming to my mind Let's go back now to 2 Corinthians 13 Paul says in verse 5, he says, Examine yourself to see whether you'll be in the faith Prove your own selves tonight it's a good night to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith Alright, he says prove your own selves Know you're not of your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you Except you're a reprobate You see a reprobate is an individual that God gives up on And so they prosper But God's not with them They do evil and still prosper because God has given up them You become a reprobate Paul says, I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates But I trust that you shall know that we, the apostles, we're not reprobates We're serving God We treat this great king as a great king And that is why when the pandemic is over and all of this is over We'd like to see if we can have a band still but with people that are saved. And when we play, play majestically, as if a great king is being played for. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to me? He is a great king. And uh, we, unless you become a reprobate, you see, and you can be in church and be a preacher and an elder, or you can be whatever, and you can be a reprobate. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to preach and hope that I'm not a reprobate. You know, I, I'm, I'm here to preach the gospel and hope that God in the process will save us. Sometimes a sheep looks like a goat and sometimes a goat acts like a sheep. And you don't know the difference. God is the final. In the end, he will make that judgment. And so I'm leaving uh, 2nd Corinthians again, and I'm coming back here to Malachi And the Lord says here, Behold, I will, verse 3 He says, He not only curse your blessing, in verse 2, He says, Behold, I will corrupt your seed And spread dung upon your faces, even the dung upon your solemn feasts Here is what the Lord is telling His own people, Israel And that is why we're looking at why no prophets from Malachi to Matthew. Why did God stop sending prophets? Because the people did not respect God. And today, if the church today, we call ourselves the body of Christ, we call ourselves all kinds of things that make us feel good. But if God looks down and he does not respect what we do, and he has no respect for our offerings and no respect for sacrifices, He will stop sending God called men and you'll have men to entertain you in the pulpit. Men that will form social clubs. He will send cowboys rather than preachers. He will raise up, let the devil raise up apostles uh, to come unto you that would not promote holiness, but will undermine your faith and your dedication to God. It is important that we understand that it's 15 minutes after seven, uh, after eight, sorry. And so I'm going to hold my finger in Matthew, in Malachi for a little bit. I got my finger in in First Corinthians, and I'm turning all the way back to Isaiah, and Isaiah chapter one. And we have done this so many times, but just a few verses tonight. In Isaiah chapter one, uh, the Lord says, uh, "Us, verse four, our sinful people." A sinful nation. Who is he talking to? The Gentiles? No, No. he's talking to God's people. He's talking to the Jews. Isaiah came and what did he find? A bunch of rebels. And that is why today we are not impervious. We are not infallible. We are not uh, immune. To what the devil can do. Am I using right words? Yeah, we're not there, you know. What the devil can do. No, you don't underestimate the power of Satan. He made a wise man like Solomon. Like an idiot in his life. With all his wisdom. The devil had Solomon put idols into the house of God. A man with all the strength. Supernatural strength like Samson had. When the devil was finished with him, he was grinding at the mill of the Philistines We have an enemy that can only work if your mind is carnal If you're spiritual, he can't do a single thing The devil is given authority to work on your fallen nature, on your dust The Lord says, dust shall be the serpent's meat And then he turned to Adam and says, dust, you are So our fallen nature becomes meat for the devil So the less you pray, you're providing When you you sit there and you're carnal, carnal, carnal And all you think about is carnal things all day You're making meals for the devil You're opening the avenue of your heart for a satanic onslaught And then you turn around and rebuke him Like if he's gonna go away No, you are responsible for the onslaught of the devil when your mind is carnal The carnal mind cannot please God And so when we look at all of this, Isaiah said Ah, sinful nation a people laden with iniquity. You see, they were serving God, but all their methods and methodologies and, and formalities and customs and traditions, most of it was undermined by human effort and it was becoming iniquity because God did not ordain it the way they were doing it. A simple offering could be made into an idol, your worship could be carnal rather than spiritual. Your preaching could be corrupted because you're standing up there and hope that people praise you when it's done. And a lot of times the saints contribute to the collapse of their minister. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times the saints contribute to the collapse of the minister. One of the ways to do that is anniversary time. In the anniversary time, when it's, you know, Bible doesn't have anything about anniversary But we, we try to get customs, you know, anything to benefit us Anniversary time, uh, when you come and worship the pastor And worship the pastor's wife And pastor loves it and if, you can, if, if you can boost up his ego You're, you're contributing to his spiritual demise Is that the right word? Yeah, his death And the more he gets inflated is the more he dies and the more he dies is the more carnal messages he'll preach to you And you think you're having a wonderful service and God had departed from the very start, from the very first song you sing, God left Isn't that sad that we have a whole service and we think God's there and he left Because the preacher's mind is carnal The people's mind is carnal And we come to church and we think we're going to fashion show Simplicity of Christ is gone And so, Isaiah made a few statements here And You know, we're just getting started here He says, he says, accept the Lord, verse 9 Accept the Lord of Sabaoth Or the Lord of hosts has left us a small remnant. If it was not for God's goodness that not everyone was deceived, God had a small remnant of elect people. If God did not do that, the entire nation of Israel would be like Sodom and Gomorrah, burned up and be destroyed. The reason why we survive today is there's always a small remnant of dedicated children of God. That helps us to stay alive In chapter 1 and uh, Verse 21 uh, Isaiah writes like this He says how is a faithful city Become a harlot It was a faithful city one time You see every church when it Gets started it's a good church People are hungry For God Ministers, saints come off the street, individuals come in, give their heart to the Lord and start to serve the Lord its simplicity. But the moment they can quote five or six scripture, they feel they need to teach the preacher. Bad spirit. See, that's the human ego coming in. The moment the mind and the carnal mind comes in, you're destroying your own self. It's spiritual suicide. Uh, You're committing spiritual suicide Uh, You might as well, you're killing yourself And you're blaming the devil It is important as we examine ourselves And prepare for communion That we look at these things, check our own lives Is the governor more important than God? Are we listening to the word of God? Are we listening to everything else that there is out there? Do you have a way to listen to these messages that I preach Or you just would ignore them it, You know why you'd won't, you won't like to pray You don't want to pray because you have more confidence in yourself Rather than you have in God And sometimes God would have to take you uh, Through that experience That uh, when you fall, must fall, hit the rock bottom Then you remember that I can turn to God now Like Nebuchadnezzar did You understand what I'm saying? And this is important that we understand this lesson because even sin is oftentimes necessary to put a pin in one's spiritual ego to get you to turn to God. Sin had a purpose from the very start of the world. It's not that we glorify sin, but God had to allow sin to come To punch the spiritual ego And this humanistic attitude, God had to bring it down And when God rubs a man's nose in the dirt We can sing the song Created me a clean heart, O God That's what David did God had to rub his nose in the dirt And when David understood that He says, Lord, against thee only have I done this terrible thing Forgive me, Lord, that I Can end up and teach Other similar transgressors Your way created me a clean heart And renew right spirit So Isaiah when he came He met a polluted sick Nation of Israel Leave Isaiah Come to Jeremiah chapter 2 When Jeremiah came 100 years later Almost 100 A little more than 100 years later Jeremiah found the same Kind of rebels we know they're not like us today. We uh, we're not rebels. We love God. Uh huh. He says here in Isaiah uh, Jeremiah the second chapter, he says here Israel was holiness, verse three unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them. This was what Israel was. And verse five says, Thus said the Lord. What iniquity have your father found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity and become vain? Why is it that men of God today are more concerned with the fashion world and what they can accomplish, uh, literally, than what God can accomplish in their lives? So Jeremiah was not the only man that met a, a rebellious people uh, Isaiah was not, Jeremiah also was. And Jeremiah, right, uh, he says here in verse uh, 8, he says, The priest does not say, Where is the Lord? Nobody is concerned. You just meet there, sing some song, and say, Don't you feel the presence of God? Because we got a few sisters jumping. Come on. When the priest goes blind, the congregation cannot see the end of their nose bridge, spiritually speaking. Pray for your preachers. Pray that I never go blind. Pray for the elders that they never go blind if they're not already blind. Pray for your churches. Pray for the ministers around the world. Because blindness is subtle. It comes in without giving you warning. And on the minds, the faith of God's children. And Isaiah says, he says, The priests don't say, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law, they don't have an experience with God themselves. They knew me not. They're operating, but they don't have an experience with God. And pastors also transgress against me. And the prophets prophesy by the power of the devil. By Baal And they walk after things That do not profit We come up with little programs We come up with little things Bring it into the church We're just like no different than Solomon If we bring all kinds of things into the church We're no different Idolatry today is a little more subtle Than it was back there Back there you can see an idol Today you can't Unless God touches your eyes And so back here um, oh my, verse 18 Before we move on He says, verse 13 My people have committed two evils They have forsaken me And the fountain of living waters And hewed out, uh, out cisterns Broken cisterns that can hold no water I see God The people forsake God And they create an impression that God is there They create their own cistern If the Holy Spirit is not genuinely there We can fabricate the Spirit He says, Verse 18, and now what has thou to do with the way of Egypt? How is it that we're bringing in customs of Egypt into the church? He says, God said to Israel uh, uh, to drink of the waters of Seor or the waters of the Nile. Or what has thou to do with the way of the Assyria and to drink the waters of the river? He says, thine own wickedness shall correct thee and your backslidings. Shall reprove thee Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing And bitter uh, that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God And that my fear is not in thee See, Israel was backsliding and gone Isaiah had the same problem Jeremiah had the same problem And so did Malachi And so back here in Malachi The Lord tries to tell him that he uh, he is a great king And he says, um, uh, will a man, chapter 3 and verse 8, will a man rob God? And God says, you'll rob me. It's not sticking him up with a gun, but he says, you'll rob me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? The Lord says, in your tithes and offerings, you don't give. You give the lame, you give the sick. And so because Israel had gone like this, between four and 500 years from Malachi to Matthew, No prophet was sent, but the people still had preachers The people still had Levites, the people still had priests A man-made ministry operated That is why when Jesus came The Israel, the Pharisees and the Sadducees And the Essenes and the Nazarites They were all, all blind you mean all the whole religion back there in Matthew's Gospel, they were blind? Yes. And Jesus says, you blind leaders of blind congregation. And when John the Baptist came, God had to send John the Baptist to accept their religious apple cart. He was the son of a priest. And you mean the son of a priest dressed in camel's hair? The Lord said yes. Son of the priest, must dress with camel clothes, eat bugs. John the Baptist was the greatest man among women, Jesus said, but he was the most obnoxious among the priestly element that you can ever find because he did not fall into the category of orthodox religion in that time. Today, we have built our own little orthodox religion. And if you don't fall in a certain category and you don't put on a certain garb and a certain posture and you don't carry on a certain way, you're not a part of the gospel assembly church. Well, are we a part of what God's doing? And so that is important. And so back here in Corinthians, Paul writes to the church. He says in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, he says, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual the church can deteriorate so far that God can speak unto the church as spiritual, but as unto carnal. He says, as unto carnal, even as unto babes. Can we backslide so far that we become carnal? Yes. And they have gone so far back that they said Paul is writing long letters. Well, his letters are weighty, but his bodily presence weakened his speech upsets us. You can sit here in this assembly Here in Mississauga And I hate to preach to you Few people that are so wonderful Coming out on a Wednesday night But you can sit here In this church in Mississauga And feel I'm backsliding When you're the one losing your vision I'm not backslidden My commitment is steadfast And it's faithful and it's sincere And it's dear all the time But if you're backsliding, you can lose your vision And fail to see And your dedication would be affected Your commitment would be affected And God will curse even your blessings May God help us And so Paul In 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 He says, examine yourself And see whether you're in the faith Tonight, I'm challenging us Examine yourself and see if your boss on a secular job Has a greater priority or your ungodly relatives have greater priority If you honour the minister and try to obey the words that he preached unto you Or you're ignoring them We need to examine ourselves And see whether we be reprobates Or we are children of God Let us pray Father, we thank you tonight for another night in your house Please help us, O oh God, to examine ourselves sincerely. O oh Father, help us to see if our commitment and dedication is, has deteriorated over the years. Lord, Father, help us to see whether we are losing our spiritual insight and we are going spiritually blinded. Lord, your word tells us whatsoever was written aforetime time was written for our learning. Help us to look at Israel over the years and see how God's people have backslidden time and time again. Help us to look at the early church, church uh, assemblies, Father, and see how each one in his own time backslid and went contrary. Help us to see hindsight is 2020 vision help us not to make the same mistake, but help us to recover ourselves from every trace of apostasy and spiritual blindness? Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.